CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Ben, come on. We're late. <laughs> now we had some technical uh, difficulties, technical issues that... Uh my techie here at home resolves so all's well in the world. The brains of the operation, we'll just leave it at that, is not me. That is for sure. It's his wife. Okay, the Ben Jarofsky Show for Friday, November 3rd is brought to you by SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union, and Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for all things there is to know the city of Chicago. Where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink, what kind of pot to eat and smoke and all that stuff, and so much more, including columns from our very own Ben Jarofsky. We'll hear about the latest column from Ben in moments. But hey, Chicago Reader, chicagoreader.com. And if you want to help out this program, you can. chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarofsky. That's chicagoreader.com forward slash J-O-R-A-V as in victory, S-K-Y. And hey, did you know since legalization, Illinois has seen an average monthly revenue of $40 million from recreational cannabis sales? It's true. And as of 2021, Chicago hosts an impressive 44 cannabis dispensaries. We learned earlier, Ben has been to zero of these 44 dispensaries. <laughs> he goes the old school way, all right? He doesn't smoke pot anymore. The Windy City is the perfect place for the Illinois Cannabis Convention December 4th through 5th. This weekend, it's brought to you by NECAN. The convention will be the largest gathering of the existing local medical cannabis industry and those getting into the new adult use recreational market. The convention will showcase more than 100 companies, brands, and product lines. There's also three full programming tracks running each day for medical, business, and opportunities, featuring dozens of expert speakers with practical knowledge and advice. For attendees of all levels of experience, all are welcome. Go to NECAN.com, N-E-C-A-N-N.com, for information and to register. It is Friday, November 3rd, and finally, this is your Ben Jarofsky Show. Now your host, Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Yeah, hello everybody, Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this the, the Marvelous DeRozan Friday, and here's why. Oh no. <laughs> Actually, folks, I'm not calling it that because Dennis has a strict ban on any Bulls talk. So even though I'm so excited about last night's Knicks game where the Bulls had a 21-point lead, watch the Knicks take the lead, and then watch the marvelous to Rose and win it in the stretch down the stretch. I am not going to talk about that Bulls game, even though I stayed up until 2 a.m. D. And by the way, you did not come up with the marvelous. There's no way. I know I did not. <laughs> Should I give a shout out to Stacy King? He whenever uh, Demarcus Demar Derozan does something great for the Bulls, he goes the marvelous. I love Stacy King, ladies and gentlemen, courtside announcer for my beloved Chicago Bulls, fifteen and eight. Uh, and battling for the top spot in the East. But that's no sports. We're turning things over. It's news, news, news. And we're going to turn it over to the man, the myth, the legend, the pride and joy of Alton, Illinois, 
the man that down home they call the marvelous Dennis with Oh, what a week. It's true. The secret's out. Finally, everybody knows they call me that. All right. I'm calling. We have a special guest for today's show. We're calling him on the phone right now. Hopefully okay. he answers. Oh, mystery guest. Who could the mystery guest be? Hello. Uh how you doing there, Ben? Uh, this Alderman Nick Pizzato falling. Oh. I know uh, I know you lefty lose all like to hang out together, so I I thought I'd hook you up with one of the leftiest lose I ever done seen. Hang on one sec. Hello? I think our guest uh, just disappeared on us. Ben? Hey, yes. it's Pat Whalen calling. Oh, for a second, I thought it was Alderman Nick Spazato. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the man on the other end of the phone is not Alderman Nick Spazato, although he does a great Alderman Nick Spazato imitation. Uh, his name is Patrick J. Whalen, and uh, he's been a frequent guest on the show. And little did I know, D, I had to read uh, Shia Kapos to learn this, Patrick J. Whalen. Uh, he hosted a show at my beloved hideout last week that featured, are you ready for this, D? J. B. Pritzker. J. B. Pritzker. Believe it. You guys there? Let's make some noise. Yeah, we're here. Uh oh, the call failed. He just hung up. Uh, so much for our mystery guest. Why is he just calling in over the computer? I guess he must be picking up his laundry or something. He's like, Ben, I'm really too busy to come on your show. That was funny. Uh, Patrick J. Whalen is the host of a show at the hideout that I didn't even know about while we dial him back. Nick Pizzato's uh, phone. And uh, so, uh, all right, Pat, don't hang up us on again. All right. I, I apologize for anything I might have said that got you to hang up. But no, no, Friday, not at all. Uh, I think I don't have good service here in the 38. Um, but yes, yes, it, it, it's all true. It's all true. Uh, all everything right. you said is true, except it, it was this week, not last week. It was just this past Tuesday. All right. So I'm reading uh, Shia Kapos, as I do every day, uh, her uh, daily political uh, updates on uh, mostly Illinois politics, also a lot of Chicago politics. And uh, what do I see but a picture of Governor J.B. Pritzker uh, on the stage at the hideout next to Pat Whalen? I'm like, Why? Why, why, why am I literally always the last to know anything in this town? I didn't know, A, you had a show at the hideout, or B, oh God, can you hear me? Pritzker was your guest. <laughs> yeah, we can hear you, Pat. Can you hear yeah, us? we can hear Hello. you, Patrick. Hello? Jen. So, uh, Pat. Can you hear me? Stop saying, can you hear Hello. me? <laughs> <laughs> this is not. This is, let's just edit all this out. And... No, we're keeping this. In. This is hilarious, man. <laughs> Edit all this out. Where are you? <laughs> Dean, let's just edit this out so we sound really professional. <laughs> this is great. This is good times. We're going to move on from. Yeah, uh, we'll move on from this, the, the guest. I, I, when I cut the deal with Pat to have him come on the show, I did not realize he was be like calling from the grocery store. I thought he might be at home. But he's a busy guy. Okay. Well, he's calling from Spazzato's office, apparently. Anyway, Patrick J. Whalen, ladies and gentlemen, comedian, uh, very funny guy. How about that, Governor, huh? J.B. Brisker! <laughs> oh, Let's make some noise! That is right! Sit up! Whoa! What is that? <laughs> what, what the? <laughs> Not much happening with the Governor this week. Springtime. Love it. Okay, that's enough. Though he did <laughs> announce $94 million in funding to improve airports in Illinois. Governor, please. 
Tell us more. What does all of this include? That includes funding at St. Louis Regional in Alton, Central Illinois Regional, Peoria International, Quincy Regional, Rochelle Municipal, and many more. Crucially, these dollars are going first and foremost to projects that might not otherwise be eligible for the full federal funding that they need in order to finish. Because we want our airports throughout the state to be the best in the nation. And these airport grants are making a real difference. Thank you very much, Governor. All right. uh, So these are airports outside of Chicago that are getting the money. Mm -hmm. So uh, Dennis is our downstate reporter dutifully giving us updates on the political uh, tone and tenor of downstate Illinois has been reporting for the last two years of the upsurge in Pritzker sucks signs, Pritzker sucks memes. They don't like J.B. Pritzker. Now, Alton, the man is giving you money for your freaking airport. Okay? I didn't even know there was a St. Louis Regional Airport in Alton. Did you know that, D? I think it's in Bethalto more than Alton, but Bethalto's okay. right by Alton, you know? So okay. I think he got a little mixed up there, but... Uh, <laughs> Poor J.B. I am, I am, in fact, the downstate reporter. In fact, I just got an update. This just in... <laughs> They still think you're a hippie. <laughs> Come on. What, and what's, what do you care? Downstaters, hippies. You love reefer. You think you would love hippies. I don't get it, D. I really don't get it. The man is giving you airport money downstate. Nope. We don't like them. <laughs> oh, good God. JB, keep trying, though. You got to give him credit. That's kind of like a, what I like about JB. Uh, he just keeps plowing on. You don't like me? I'm going to give you more money for your airport. What about that? Nope. Still don't like you. We don't. By the way, D, I've, I've known you now for like seven years. Yeah. Isn't hey. that wild? We've known each other a oh. while. Uh, and I've never once heard you talk about an airport in Alt in the Alton area. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in it's in Bethalto. Uh, a lot of private planes. Real small. Nothing too, you know, major. But yeah. There's an airport there. So in other words, really, nobody uses, nobody knows about it. And giving them money is not going to win over a lot of votes. Is that what you're trying to tell me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, nobody is going to suddenly take down that Pritzker sucks. Well, he gave the money to the airport. I'm taking the sign down, honey. And I'm going to put I love you Pritzker up. Nope, that's not going to happen. Oh, yeah. Well, what about the gas prices, huh? (laughs) Keeping it up. Okay, gas prices. Gas prices were really low under Bruce. Folks, did you ever notice that gas prices like fluctuate? Sometimes they go up, sometimes they go down. Doesn't really matter who the governor is. Well, I went to the grocery store. Milk was expensive. Keep that sign up. Okay, well, you got a point there. With milk's kind of high right now. Actually, I can't even pretend. D. If I was one of those guys, I had to do the the quiz. You know, how much is a gallon of milk? I'm like, just flunk that. I just like that because I'm just thinking about the bulls. You know what I mean? I go in, I buy the milk, and I go, oh, by the way, I didn't meant to tell you. Have you ever seen the TV show Reservoir? Uh, I mean, see, Reservation, Reservation dogs. dogs. Yes, I've seen it. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, I know this is apropos to absolutely nothing, and I don't even know why I bring it up. But uh, I was watching it. I love this show. This show, ladies and gentlemen, FX Comedy, uh, about a group of teenagers, uh, Native Americans in Oklahoma. Uh, it's I just absolutely love this song, uh, show. It's very moving. Anyway, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I'm watching the episode. Who walks in? Uh, B- Bill Burr or Bill Barr. Hi, Bill Burr. My, Bill Burr. You yeah, had it right Bill the Burr. first. Yeah, the first time I was, I was thinking of Roseanne Barr. <laughs> hey, we got more statewide news to talk about. But first, you know, and I, let's just. Oh, no, we're going back. <laughs> oh, Lord. 
Yeah. The man talked with Pritzker this week. We got to find out what happened. All right. All right. As we wait. As we wait. <laughs> now he's at the grocery store and he's in the produce aisle and he's feeling a cantaloupe. Can you hear me now? Yes. Can you hear <laughs> yeah. us? We always heard you. Good. <laughs> Hearing you heard me saying I can't hear you. Yeah. Can you hear us saying that we heard you? I can. Awesome. Now I can. Now okay. I can hear you saying you hear me hearing you hearing me. Excellent. How's right. it going? It's going well. So what we need from you uh, is a Pritzker update. So Pritzker was your guest at the hideout. We've established that. And uh, yeah. we've established that you have a show called the Patrick J. Whalen yep. show, even though if that's not the name of it. Uh, and so give us the Pritzker updates. Um, well, he's, He's good. I, I had him on as a candidate, Pritzker, the young man with a bright future. Thought I'd have him on, on his show, on, on my show, let, let him let him have his say. And uh, I, I liked the cut of his jib. And I was out uh, walking some of the, the the parameters of the the new ward map, and I accidentally ended up in Springfield. So I don't really that that map is kind of all over the place. So I knocked on his door and said, "You know, it's time for you to come back." And he said, okay, sure. And I, you know, I, I, I said, you know, you're welcome. I gave him the Whalen bump when he was on last time as a candidate, he beat Rauner, obviously. And, uh, you know, how was Scotland? And cause that's a really fun name to say with a Scottish dialect. Ben is JB Pritzker. Good one. <laughs> and, uh, we, we talked about the climate bill and then the ethics bill and, uh, a little bit about Ken Griffin, but uh, I oh. never did get my thank you note for getting him elected, but um, that's okay. May- maybe next time, maybe when he comes back. Because he did say, he's like, well, I'd like to come back before the election. And I said, well, that's all very good, but there's 49 other governors we need to get to, so I think you're just going to have to be patient. Um, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it all shakes out. Uh, so what did he have to say about Ken Griffin? That Ken Griffin, of course, is the billionaire right winger uh, who has vowed to spend whatever it takes to elect somebody, anybody uh, other yeah. than J.B. Pritzker. He also, so he went up against, him, as you know, Ben, against the, the fair tax, right? And that, that obviously didn't get through. It was something Griffin opposed. Uh, I, I offered to hook him up with some very nice real estate agents uh, that I know who work for the Taliban because, you know, he, he said, you know, Chicago's like Afghanistan on a good day. And I said, well, go try out Kabul, you know, go, go try it out. Let us know how it goes. No word yet back from him. But, um, you know, I said, it looks like he's going to give you some static and JB doesn't seem very concerned. He said, you know, this is the guy who gave us Bruce Rauner because he backed Rauner the last time. So he didn't see that concerned about it. Uh, it was very rah rah, you know. We're we're gonna get this guy uh, get this guy reelected, I guess. I don't think he has any opposition within his own party, and uh, does not really seem concerned about uh, Ken Griffin and his uh, his his heft and his uh, uh, billions. Well, uh, Pat, uh, I'm glad to see that you have a new show uh, at the Hideout. Uh, so why don't you just promote it a little bit? Tell folks about it. Yeah, you got it. Uh, I'm going to change the name to the Patrick J. Whalen show. Uh, and I don't know if you heard me the, the first time I dropped out, but the J's, it's for Jarofsky. Um, the, yeah, I've been going to the hideout forever. Obviously first Tuesdays is, uh, 
on Wednesday of this place, uh, seeing uh, Judge Tim Evans last time you and Maya had the show was really something that didn't come out for anybody. You guys got him. Uh, so I'm either going to call it the Patrick J. Whalen Show or Last Tuesdays, but right now the working title is uh, Good Evening with Pat Whalen. And uh, it's always a good evening, but we're, we're on a mission to have the best evening ever. And, of course, that is when we you know, are educated, entertained, and engaged on civic issues in, our, in and around the Chicagoland area. So it's a lot like the Tonight Show, except it's funny, what I tell people. It's a big difference. Um, so I'll come out and do monologue. We play games. Audience member wins prizes. There's music. There's comedy. Interviews with local civic folk. And, uh, you know, hashtags galore. I sit behind a big desk made out of wood. Looks like a Chicago flag. Uh, I did I did shop from a lort in front of the governor. I offered him some, but he was he said he's driving the state of Illinois to a brighter future, so he, he couldn't drink. Um, well, that's, so that's, that's the name of the show. We're, we're hoping to be back at the hideout soon. We don't know when yet, but uh, we, we are in the lab trying to come up with that. All right. Well, uh, maybe next time we'll do a little better uh, promotion. Uh, in other words, we'll have a little some promotion to talk about your guests, uh, as opposed for me learning about it by reading uh, Shia Kapos. But congratulations on having a show, and uh, uh, and congratulations on uh, bringing JB on. I interviewed JB Pritzker back in my old days when I was on the radio, and uh, he's never been on the podcast. Uh, I'm not quite sure that'll ever happen. But uh, well, I was going to ask you, Pat. Uh, JB, was he like? I'm sure he caught your vibe. You know, funny show. Was he? Was he bringing the humor? Was he funny? He, he did. He, he tried to. I don't know if uh, you guys have logged into Catback lately, but uh, he said he was over in Scotland and uh, he was telling, you know, all these dignitaries that he was the, the governor of Illinois. And they all kind of looked at him funny and he was like, well, I'm the governor of Chicago. And they were like, oh, oh, okay, they got it. Well, that got clipped out. Mark Maxwell's already got it up online. State House reporter in Springfield. And the GOP is making a lot of hay in their fundraising emails, trying to be like, oh, the only thing Illinois is just Chicago, you know? And the way I see it is if, if, if people in like Will Met can say they're from Chicago, can't the, can't the governor say it too? I don't know, maybe not. But <laughs> that, that was a joke in the moment. And, uh, and he did well with that. And I said, what, you know, what, why'd you go to Scotland? And he said, well, have you ever worn a kilt? It's very liberating. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, so yeah, he was, he was jovial about it. You know, he, he's feeling confident, I think. So I, I caught him in a good mood, which is nice. I didn't have to apply him with any malort. All right. Very good. All right, Patrick J. Thank you very much. And, uh, uh, we, we, I'll be, uh, I got a whole rip, a lot of riffs. I would like to say, you know, we, uh, about, uh, the Republicans trying to uh, use that to their advantage. Yeah. Uh, the fact that he said the, you know, he's the governor of Chicago, and, um, yeah. you know, it, it is funny because pretty much anybody within 100 miles of Chicago, if you ask them where they're from, will say they're from Chicago. Uh, That's exactly <laughs> right. Uh, and so to try to turn that into, hey, look, they're already fired up downstate. Dennis talks about this all the time. Uh, there is just a strong uh, faction of people who will never like Pritzker, never support him, never vote for him. And uh, they'll put the Pritzker suck signs up. So I guess this just reinforces their notion uh, that he is not uh, their uh, uh, governor. But I, I listen, you're in good standing when uh, Kim Fox was on our, our podcast and she used the word uh, bullshit. Uh, her opponent, whose name I forget, yeah. I just uh, I just Dennis called him. 
a bro all the time. Bill Conway. Uh, What was it? Bill Conway. Yes, Bill. What a memory you have. That's good. Uh, Bill Conway uh, turned that into a campaign commercial. Uh, So it can only help your uh, show uh, if the Republicans. Well, yeah. Yeah, a little controversy keeps us in the news, which is nice. But I, you know, I just gotta say, I, I we literally took time out of it. I wish that I had time to get to Darren Bailey's uh, buddy campaign advisor is now charged with being at the Capitol on January sixth. He's, I think he was looking for the gift shop, got lost. But anyway, I, uh, I, I told him I was literally like, you know, this is probably the most divisive time in our country's history, and when we live in a blue bubble up north here, and so you know, w- what can you tell us? Uh, you know, about, uh, you know, talking to people downstate and, and trying to, you know, bridge, bridge a divide that is what ideological, geographical, you know, it's rough. And he said, yeah, I represent the whole state. You know, I'm not, I'm not really the governor of Chicago. I'm not really the governor of, uh, of any particular part of Illinois. It's, it's everybody. And we talked about the state and, you know, how, how we can kind of bridge that divide. I don't know if you've heard kind of a national issue, uh, this ideological divide, and it's one we really got to look in the eye and work on. So uh, I don't know. He, he had some good ideas, but um, I already told him. I, he was like, you know, people want to divide us like Trump and Rounder. And I said, yeah, we got a lot of good material out of those guys. And I know you guys would agree with me on that. But whatever's yeah, best. Whatever's best for the country. All right. Very good. Thank you, Pat. Uh, we're going to move on with, oh, what a week. Uh, and it's good to hear Pat Whalen. And I'm happy to hear that uh, his show's back and he had J.B. Pritzker on. Man, I'll and see you at the hideout on Tuesday. See you Tuesday. Yes, we'll be doing a first Tuesday. Uh, and we'll be talking about the mapping, the ward remap, uh, Maya Dukmasova, uh, Stephanie Sor- uh, Scora, and uh, Candace Castillo. So we'll be having a, uh, a lively conversation, to put it mildly, this uh, Tuesday at 630. All right, D, what's next on your agenda? More statewide news. Now, for a couple of weeks... By the way, thank you, Pat Whalen. That was awesome. For a couple of weeks, we've been wondering about Congressman Rodney Davis's next political move. Rumor had it that he was looking to run against Pritzker for governor. Well, the rumors are no more because this week, Rodney Davis announced that he will run for a sixth term as Illinois congressman. According to the Chicago Sun-Times and Lynn Sweet, state Democratic mapmakers created a GOP district custom-fitted for Davis and one with no other incumbent as an incentive to keep him out of the 2022 governor's race where J.B. Pritzker seeks another term. With Davis deciding to run again for the House, freshman U.S. Rep. Mary Miller from Oakland is the only GOP incumbent from Illinois who has not announced plans for 2022. She will face a primary with a more established GOP incumbent, no matter the district she picks to run from. Candidates do not have to live in the district they run to represent. Ben Jarofsky, your thoughts on Rodney Davis here. Are we surprised? Uh, I'm not surprised. Uh, As you you said, uh, the Democrats essentially uh, drew him a map to uh, deter him from running against Pritzker. And here's the reality. Uh, and I talked about this at length with David Ferris. That show will drop this weekend. Uh, the politics in states like Illinois is that a MAGA candidate is at a huge disadvantage statewide. And the Republicans know that what they have to do to win Illinois is come up with a candidate similar to Glenn Youngkin uh, in Virginia. A candidate who is promising to cut your taxes, but is just staying out of the larger wars, saying just enough to keep MAGA voters uh, 
get them to the polls, but without firing them up and overdoing it and bringing Trump into the state because that would deter swing votes. Uh, so it's pretty obvious that Rodney Davis fits that bill. He's sort of a mild manner, get along with everybody type. Uh, and so to deter him from voting, running against Pritzker, they created a, a new district that was just tailor made for him. But there's one problem with that. It may be tailor made for a general election, but is it tailor made for a Republican primary? If Mary Miller, Mary Miller is far right. Mary Miller is the one we've talked about her so many times who put these three words together. Uh, Hitler was right. Uh, end of quote. And not three words that anybody really should say. Uh, she sort of apologized for that. I, I, uh, my position has always been her apology was actually worse than her uh, many ways than her original utterance. But uh, she's going to come at she comes at it from the right. She's pure 100 percent MAGA. So, D, if she runs against Davis, he may suddenly flip and go, you know what? Let's take a thought. Uh, maybe I will run for governor. Uh, that's exceedingly unlikely. But uh, again, I, I really don't know. I don't understand. I don't know if Republican voters in a primary will be pragmatic and will take sort of a long term view. You know, I remember in the Democratic primary, remember this in 20, 2019, ancient history day, we'd have all the different uh, candidates running for the Democratic uh, nomination for president. Mm-hmm. And I was told Bernie Sanders all the way and because I believed in you know health care for all and uh, taxing the rich, et cetera, and so forth. And many of my guests would come in and go, Ben, you have to be pragmatic. You have to look at who's going to win those swing voters. Knock off the hippie shit, buddy. Come on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, basically, that's what they said. Come on, Ben. It's not the 1960s anymore. Put your reefer away. Uh, So that's how Democrats talk. I don't know if Republicans talk that way. My guess is that Republicans are like, yeah, mega. And uh, I definitely think that would be the case if Adam Kinzinger ran, for instance. He's not running for uh, Congress. He's just saying, that's it. I'm out of this. Uh, And by the way, I thought he might run for uh, statewide office, but Apparently, he's not doing that either. So, uh, Roddy Davis uh, decided that it probably be safer to run for that congressional seat that was designed to meet his needs. We'll see if he has a primary challenge for Mary Miller. All right. And it's also safe to say that the person happiest to hear this news. Hey, friends, are you ready for government to dictate and control your lives again? You're one step closer. J.B. Pritzker, our tyrannical governor, just issued more mandates today. The downstate hog farmer himself won Darren (laughs) Bailey. Davis, if he came in, he probably would have uh, notched Darren Bailey. No? Yes? I've said that uh, Darren Bailey is the front runner from the moment that Darren Bailey, uh, Darren Bailey, excuse me, emerged as MAGA's man in Illinois, fighting uh, Madigan on wearing a mask uh, at the in the General Assembly. Remember that, D? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then taking it one step further and uh, joining. Uh, the efforts uh, to fight Pritzker in this lawsuits filed by allies of da- Darren Bailey. He's clearly the guy who uh, speaks the most for MAGA. He's uh, in line with where MAGA is totally uh, devoted to Donald Trump and Trumpism. Uh, and so to me, from the get go, 
he was the obvious. And you said it, too. Oh, yeah. That uh, here's our next governor, you know, our, our next Republican governor. <laughs> yeah, come on. Now. I'm not yeah. a fanboy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, <laughs> if Rodney Davis were to run for governor, you still think Darren Bailey would kind of have the front runner uh, lead? There? Absolutely. In a Republican. The only issue is would uh, the other MAGA candidates take so many votes for him? But the other MAGA candidates, they're, they're like half hearted. You know, like uh, 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 Gary Rabine. Nice. Good right? job. Good job. Thank you. Thank you. I've been working on it. I've been practicing. <laughs> Rabine. Rabine. Great job. Uh, Gary Rabine. He's the one who's like not sure when you asked, uh, was, did Joe Biden win? Or uh, what, did he steal the election from Trump? I don't know. I'm not smart enough to answer that question. <laughs> what a cop out. You know, if you're going to go MAGA, go MAGA. Go 100% MAGA, all right? And I like the guy in today's bright one. I don't know if you saw this, D. Uh, this gentleman from uh, Springfield who was arrested at the Capitol. He goes, I was thrown into jail for supporting Donald Trump. <laughs> well, you, you also invaded the Capitol. There's that, okay? But aside from that, and uh, he said, yeah, the election was stolen. we got to take a stand against stolen elections. That's MAGA's point of view. So if you're going to be MAGA, go MAGA. And um, so this, you know, beating around, you know, kind of hinting at it and not taking a full stand on it. I don't know if that's going to work. So that's why I'm saying uh, Darren Bailey is the front runner. And uh, we haven't heard anything about your 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 old favorite candidate, Who? Sully. I know. I know. Come and on, Sully. So that's Jesse Southern. He was the other guy that was going to kind of try to play that moderate role, <laughs> but at the same time, not go too far. He's the guy who made all his money uh, in San Francisco, but does not want you to remember or recall that. God forbid that's alien country for MAGA. So, yeah, so I still say uh, that Darren Bailey is the front runner. Uh, and uh, Rodney Davis probably figured there's no way. I'm going to go into that meat grinder and be forced to go all the way right. Because let's think about it. To win the primary, you have to go MAGA. And then when it's soon as sorry, you got to do the flip-flop. Well, I didn't really mean all the things I said. Uh, so, yeah, I still say that Darren Bailey's a front runner. All right. Now to the other side of the aisle. What about Illinois House Democratic leader Greg Harris? He made an Ooh. announcement this week as well. Will he run for re-election? No. No, he won't. Harris said Monday he will not seek re-election in 2022, and he will step down from the General Assembly after eight terms in office. Harris, 66, of Chicago, is the first openly LGBTQ legislative leader in Illinois history who spent much of his time in office advancing gay rights, health care reform, and social service funding. Yes, Greg Harris was on our, our radio show. Remember that, D? Yes, I do. Remember yes, that? I do. A long time ago, he came on the show. Uh, man, this guy plays his cards close to his vest. Uh, so, uh, Greg, is the sun out today? Well, you know, there's some who say the sun is out and some who say the sun is not out, Ben. And frankly, I am not going to say one way or the other. Sorry. Just teasing you, Greg. Uh, I remember Greg Harris. I've known him for a while. Uh, I remember when he was a legislative aide uh, to Alderman uh um, Marianne Smith in the 48th Ward. I used to call him the mayor of Edgewater uh, because he was so active uh, in the office and so on top of all the um, neighborhood issues. The guy is really uh, not afraid to um, get down to the nitty gritty of uh, taking care of constituents' needs. 
And so, um, and you're right, D, he's been on all the right side of all the issues. And I must say, I got to make a, a confession. His legislative office, not far from where I live, and it's next door to a restaurant, which I used to frequent for breakfast, delicious omelets. And every now and then he would walk into the restaurant. I go, hey, how you doing? And I'm not quite sure he knew who I was. <laughs> He'd be not, hey, how you doing? <laughs> You know, because I don't know, maybe he just didn't remember. But uh, anyway, uh, Greg Harris. Well, maybe uh, the key to, uh, you know, keeping your uh, political job for so long is not, you know, being close to Owen Ben Jirofsky. <laughs> Act like you don't know him. You know what I mean? Maybe that's key to, you know, keeping a gig in politics. I think so. Uh, <laughs> it's funny. You look at me like, I know I've seen this guy before, but I'm not quite sure where. I have no idea what his name is. So I'll just say, hey, how you doing? (laughs) Anybody running in Chicago politics, if they're new, they get a breakdown. All right, here's what you do. Here's what you don't do. And whatever you do, just act like you don't know Ben Jarofsky, all right? (laughs) You'll be better off. Yeah, but (laughs) that's a good idea. Just that hippie freak. (laughs) Anyway, great. That's why we love you. That's why we love you. And hey. Tis the season. If you'd like to avoid overspending on holiday shopping this year, well, listen close to this advice from U of I Extension Consumer Economics Educator, Kathy Sweedler. Making that list before you start shopping of what you expect to buy and how much. And then, you know, keeping some notes so that you can refer to it while you're out there shopping and not get carried away with, oh my gosh, this looks perfect for so-and-so. And then you find out, hey, I already bought them three holiday gifts. Nobody wants that. Anything else, Kathy? Sometimes we just really want to make the holidays special for our families, but trying to think about ways where we can do that without going into debt, I think is really important. You know, people do use credit cards and then pay it off later, but that can take a long time. And then other kinds of loans, (laughs) they actually have even quite a bit higher interest rates. Hey, don't say the Ben Jarofsky show never gives you nice shopping tips, all right? Wait, I got confused at the outset. Now, help me out here. Was she saying that people get mixed up and don't realize they purchased three gifts for the same person? Yeah, yeah, she said that. That happens, you know? Has that? I've. It's, <laughs> that's the first I've ever heard it. Has that ever happened to you? Like, no. That, that, I mean, I know I have uh, mental glitches every now and then. Like, at the start of this show, I couldn't figure out how to get the sound on. Uh, and I had to bring my special technical advisor, my wife, to uh, figure out, uh, Ben, you muted your mic. If you just push this button. Uh, but I've that's pretty embarrassing. But I've never purchased three presents for the same person without yeah. realizing that I purchased. I've accidentally got I've accidentally got someone zero gifts. <laughs> I never heard of that. That's like a that's like a special form of shopaholicism where you just obsessively shop. You know what I'm saying? And then, well, I have to get this person. Maybe there is something to that. You know what I'm saying? People who just love to shop so much. They just, I got to shop. I got to buy something. I haven't bought Billy Bob his present yet. Yeah, I bet bet our governor may have that problem. (laughs) Really (laughs) rich guy. have to worry about it if he does. You know what I'm saying, D? Uh, It's... I don't think he has to worry about buying Billy Bob uh, too many presents. So I thank you for that update. I was missing the crop report, but 
that, you know, it's seasonal. So maybe the crop report isn't appropriate for this time. Absolutely. And don't thank me. Thank Kathy Sweedler. And hey, what the hell, why not? This weekend's weather forecast from U of I Extension's Todd Gleason. I'm University of Illinois Extension's Todd Gleason. Here's your weekend weather forecast Saturday. Should show partly sunny skies in the northern part of the state of Illinois with a high of 42 (laughs) degrees. Mostly cloudy into Saturday evening with a 29 degree low. And then on Sunday, an 80% chance of light, maybe some freezing rain during Uh, the day. Damn it. High of 46. Drop down to mostly cloudy skies overnight on Sunday with 25 degrees for the low. And then- All right, well, he's no Tom Skilling, but that was good. No, freezing rain sounds horrible. By the way, in the last episode of Razor uh, Reservation uh, uh, Dogs, there was a, a, a tornado was coming in, and it was just a horrible hailstorm, and everybody went into the basement of the church except for this one uh, – pot-smoking Native American, about roughly my generation, he scared the uh, tornado off oh. by getting on the top of a roof with an axe and defying the tornado. So I think that's what I'm going to do uh, this Sunday. I'm going to go into the garage roof with an axe to scare off oh, wow. that freezing rain. Yeah, run that one by your wife. See how she feels about that plan. Hey, honey, I'm going to go on the roof with an axe and yell at people. Sounds good? <laughs> All right, now we transition into the news in the city of Chicago. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Well, we always have a good time on the Ben Jarofsky Show when the mayor takes a trip out of town. (laughs) Oh, God. She did it this week, so let's talk about it. Yes, as much as the mayor would have loved to have heard that live performance of Alderman Andre Vasquez's latest rap song about map redistricting, she had other places to be. Mayor Lightfoot visited our nation's capital, Washington, D.C. Yes, it's true. Thanks to the Chicago Sun-Times and once again, Lynn Sweet, we learned that she was there for a series of meetings in the Capitol and White House for, among other matters, landing new infrastructure funds for the city. She discussed city priorities with members from the Illinois delegation at a dinner Tuesday night hosted by one Dickie D. Dick Durbin. And the Sun-Times has also learned that while in Washington, Lightfoot met with House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Ben, don't start loving on Pelosi right now. i got to finish the paragraph here. (laughs) He loves that lady. The White House Senior Advisor and Infrastructure Coordinator and White House Domestic Policy Council Director Susan Rice. She met with them, too. On Wednesday, Lightfoot was at the White House with President Joe Biden for an event marking World AIDS Day. Yes, uh, this is always a big deal when the mayor of Chicago leaves Chicago and goes to another city. Uh, and somehow or other, the Chicagoans are supposed to feel real proud about that. Well, that's my mayor. And our mayor is so important that the president is meeting with the mayor. And there's a picture of like a president with the mayor or the vice president with the mayor or the speaker of the house with the mayor. And it's like, yeah, we really matter because if if. If the president is willing to meet with the mayor, it's sort of like the president meeting with me. That's kind of like a Chicagoan views it. And so all the local papers feature our mayor was in Washington. (laughs) Chicagoans are nodding their head. That's why I elected her. Go to Washington. I got a feeling, uh, to quote John Lennon, uh, that uh, or maybe it was Paul McCartney who said that, uh, that we would have gotten the uh, infrastructure funds regardless whether she went to Washington, D.C. just saying, you know, uh, <laughs> J.B. Pritzker is our governor. OK, you know, he's a Democrat. Uh, mayor Lori Lightfoot is our mayor. She's a Democrat. Uh, the guy passing out the money, uh, Joe Biden, is a Democrat. Got a feeling we would have had the money anyway, but it always makes the mayor look good. 
uh, when she goes to watch. And did, I don't know. Did you see? Uh, I don't know if it was in that article, D, where her comment, uh, her put down comment was when people were noting that she missed a city council meeting. Did you see that? She got a little snarky. Uh, and uh, so someone said, well, you missed a meeting. Uh, and she goes, oh, I could have presided over a meeting where they approved a ward map or I could have met with the president to bring home billions of dollars in infrastructure funds. Hello. She didn't say the hello part, <laughs> but that was implied. Hello. <laughs> yeah, Chicago. Don't be so stupid. OK, that's another thing about like whenever the mayor leaves or the ma- governor leaves, it always gets a little nervous. Like, is there going to be a storm? Uh-oh, the mayor is out of town when the storm happens. Like, what is the mayor supposed to do, D? You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm kind of like, I'm now here I'm going to defend the mayor a little bit. This is always the thing, like, when a governor, I remember it was Governor Thompson was in Florida on vacation, and we had that heavy blizzard. This is before you were born. I don't D. remember that at all. Uh, and everybody was ripping. <laughs> He's in Florida, and there were pictures of Florida. I don't know. The guy deserves a vacation. I, you know, I... It basically is, this is their way of saying your life sucks, Chicago, and you're stuck in that dirty, cold, frigid city, you know? The train's slow and it's delayed. Meanwhile, your mayor is hanging out in Washington, D.C. So on one hand, it's a negative. On the other hand, they're trying to make you feel really big about it. It's kind of a juggling act. You know what I'm saying, Dito? Like a political juggling act. And if... um, if you're already kind of leaning toward liking the mayor, you'll be really defensive. There's nothing wrong with the mayor going to Washington, Ben. Stop being so cynical. But if you don't like the mayor, it's like, oh, God, what a waste of time. You should be presiding over that city council meeting. Where, by the way, they did not approve a ward map. Just saying. There's that. We'll get into the ward map in a little bit. More on that city council meeting in moments. But taking a look back at Lightfoot's White House history... Lightfoot was last at the White House on November 15th when Biden signed the $1 trillion infrastructure bill into law. Some $17 billion will flow from the measure to Illinois. And if you recall, it was May 7th, 2019, and the studio days, I call them, when Mayor Lightfoot visited the Donald Trump White House. Ben, you remember that, right? Did she actually? Yeah. And she met with um, Donald Trump's daughter. Did she not? Ivanka. Am I correct yeah, about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ivanka? They had the, she had the picture with her and all that, and everybody was up in arms. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> it was really weird. Like, why would you meet with the president's daughter? Uh, why would you meet with the president? I don't know. Everything with Trump was really weird, D. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, was so like, it was like a bad drug just, trip. Uh, it was like Ivanka and Jared were sort of like... The Trump liaisons to anybody who wasn't MAGA. Do you get what I'm saying? And so it's like that, like if you're going to work your way up to like, so Lori Lightfoot probably wouldn't want to be in a picture with Trump or Trump wouldn't want to be a picture with Lori Lightfoot. I know I'll meet with Ivanka and she'd be like the one who could talk to Democrats. Very strange how (laughs) Trump. (laughs) Yeah. Very strange how the, the Trump, uh, White House worked on that front. And then uh, I think it was uh, Ivanka and Jared who brought Kanye West originally uh, to the White House. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll never forget that meeting. That was truly one of the most bizarre moments in the history of White House politics where Kanye was. Remember that one day? And he was talking about Larry Hoover, the gangster disciple, and how he and Larry Hoover were spiritual disciples. And he was talking about, hey, somehow Mars got in on it. The, 
and Donald Trump is like looking at him like looking back. I the last four it. years was just like a really good <laughs> or bad SNL sketch. The whole four years. And Donald Trump's looking at Kanye West as if to say, I think I finally met someone even more insane than I am. Now, uh, oh, by the way, uh, Joe Biden did weigh in on his thoughts of the mayor's visit to D.C. Play the radio. Make sure the television, the, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night. The, the, the phone. Make sure the kids hear words. Is that every time? I, I tell you what, <laughs> it cracks me up every time. But it is funny. I forgot she went there for the signing of the infrastructure bill. Now she's gone. You Back. know what I mean? Like a phone call wouldn't have done it. You know, you could have done both. You could have called him. Rom was really into that. I must leave for very important business. Rom would go anywhere and it would be like, well, it's all about bringing businesses to Chicago. Actually, Daly did it too. Richard M. Daly, go to China. Oh, I couldn't stand it when Daly would go to anywhere. Like, he's going to come back with some cockamamie idea that's going to cost us a fortune that no one needs and nobody has the guts to say no to him. That's how we almost got that uh, direct train underground, the bullet train. I mean, you can't blame the mayor uh, on this. You can't blame the mayor on this one. She's like, ah, go to D.C. or I don't know, uh, deal with Raymond Lopez. I want an answer. It's not something you ignore. <laughs> I think you're 100 percent full of shit. Is what I think. If you okay. think we want a fight, well, fuck you then. Oh my! Who are you to tell me I'm full of shit? <laughs> no offense, Madam Mayor. Yeah, you know, Pete Buttigieg doesn't talk to Mayor Lori Lightfoot that way when they're talking infrastructure. And you know that Joe Biden doesn't talk to Lori Lightfoot that way. So, yeah, I can understand why the mayor would say, you know what? I'm just going to go hang out in Washington. Hang out with Dick Durbin and get away from Raylo and <laughs> Andre Vasquez and all the other. Stay in a nice hotel, things. you know, just kind of, you know, kick back, relax. All right. Yeah, mayors love to leave Chicago. They fight like hell to become mayor of Chicago. Then they can't wait to get out of Chicago. I'm going to go. Uh, and they're treated so well. That's the other thing. The further away they are from Chicago, the better they're treated. Oh, a visiting dignitary is the mayor of Chicago is here. So they get treated so well. Uh, I knew that about Ram. He was the further away he was from Chicago, the more popular he was. I'd be talking to people who like Minnesota and stuff. They go, yeah, I like your mayor. I go, well, <laughs> that figures you don't live in Chicago. All right. Now to the hellacious week. That was not for our mayor, for our Chicago City Council. It's time for everyone's favorite Chicago political soap opera. It's time for a mayor and her alderman. A mayor and her alderman. Yes. That's billion with a B. Today's episode is titled Map Trap. The following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times and Fran the Woe Man Spielman. Fifteen city council members put their trump card on the table Thursday in the high-stakes political poker game to redraw Chicago's ward boundaries based on 2020 census data. They petitioned the city's clerk's office for a referendum on the new ward map filed by the Latino Caucus that includes 15 majority Hispanic wards, two more now, or two more then now, based on a 5.2% increase in Chicago's Hispanic. Hispanic population. The petition does not necessarily mean Chicago is headed for a costly referendum its first in 30 years. It simply puts the city council on the clock. If there is no agreement by 40 days before June 28th Democratic primary, Chicago voters will make the decision for them. Alderman Jason Irvin, Ben of what board? 28th. Okay, well, that was too fast. 
chairman of the Black Caucus, said the Latino Caucus, <laughs> huge nerd, uh, has every right to pursue the referendum option one day after the Rules Committee unveiled its own proposed boundaries for Chicago's 50 wards. That map has 14 majority Hispanic wards, one more than now. Irvin said, quote, I wouldn't call it a trump card. It's part of the process. The council still has an opportunity to come to an agreement. Oh, my God. This is getting so confusing. By the way, uh, <laughs> Alderman uh, Carlos Ramirez Rosa will be on the show on Tuesday. Uh, we'll be discussing it. Uh, the uh, machinations going on in the city council. I had a blast talking over with Adolfo Mondragon. Uh, really, essentially, folks, this is what you should know. The bottom line is this. This is about preserving the incumbency of uh, Alderman as they look for a map that would be favorable to their political interests. That's what it's really about. And I'm not hating on it, D. Am I? I mean, self-interest. You know, everybody is like, "Oh, get high and mighty about it." Oh, they're putting their political self-interest ahead of what? What? <laughs> what are they putting it ahead of? You know, then the other thing we're supposed to be we're outraged that there could be a referendum. A referendum is like, where you, the voters, get to decide. And it's sort of like corporate Chicago and civic Chicago is like, oh my god, you call this efficient way to run government? We're going to have to put it to the voters. They always hate it when the voters get to participate. You ever notice that day? Like the school board. Oh, my God. You're going to put school policy in the hands of voters? Take it out of the hands of the mayor? <laughs> Done such a bang up job with it? How? Oh, just how barbaric. <laughs> I don't know. What's a, there hasn't been a referendum on this matter in 30 years. I'm like, whoa. You know, it's like really supposed to shock us. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, so let's put it to the voters. You know, I look for any opportunity to go vote. I know I'm rare in that one. A lot Most people don't vote. Did you realize that? I do the math. If 35% of the people vote in an election, that means most people did not vote. Wait, you mean the voters? <laughs> the people who actually live here? Yeah. No, no. <laughs> They're like, wait a minute. <laughs> corporate Chicago, editorial Chicago, they're outraged. You're going to put this in the hands of voters? It's so costly. Wait, oh, all of a sudden, they're counting their nickels and dimes. This is going to cost us X amount of dollars. Meanwhile, they're all like rare. They're so pumped up over the Jesse Smollett case. You know how much that's cost? <laughs> Pursuing justice to make sure Jesse Smollett goes to jail for making up a crime. That's cost a lot more. I don't know, I bet that's cost more than a referendum. No, we can't have more democracy in the city of Chicago. We should just have the mayor make all the decisions. It'd be a lot more efficient. And uh, so, yeah, so we're supposed to be really upset that there could be a referendum on this. And I don't know. I welcome the referendum. Let's go. Bring it. Let's see. Let the May the best map win. And, <laughs> you know, and by the way, I, I'm going to uh, ask every guest that comes on this show, what is so difficult about a black man or woman appealing to Latino voters for their support or vice versa. What's how, it, why is that outrageous? What, what's so I mean, scary about that and frightening about that? Like you have to appeal to people that maybe not look like you, you know? And by the way, this is my favorite part of it. D I always love it when, um, People uh, get official about white people and they call them Caucasians. 
uh, Gilbert Vegas and the Sun Times, the Caucasian map. <laughs> I love it, Winnie. They're Caucasians. They're not whites. We're being very official right now. So that's where we are in uh, Chicago right now, D. You know. God Wait, hold forbid. on. The voters? Yes. Yeah. God forbid the voters get a say in a map. That's outrageous. That's like anarchy. Wait, the people who have to deal with the results of the decisions once it's all said and done. Those people? Yes. Oh, my God. It's outrageous. I tell you. What a waste of money. I'm moving. (laughs) God forbid you let the people who have to pay the taxes get a say. And by the way, that's why we have the freaking remap in the first place. Just pointing that out. The whole point of remapping is that you make sure there's roughly the same number of people in every district. So it kind of relates to the people. So I don't know. It's not the end of the world. If you have to, but the outrage, oh my God, just a waste of money. They can't get a job done. They can't compromise. You know, it's the funny thing when they compromise, they do something really stupid, like pass, you know, uh, an ordinance that sells the parking meters uh, for a fraction of what they're worth. (laughs) That's no good. They can't compromise. We have a referendum. That's no good. These poor aldermen can't win, D. Anyway, I kind of look forward to the referendum. One more thing to vote on. Let's see. Let's see what the turnout for that one is, huh, D? And there it was. The latest episode of a mayor and her alderman map trap. A mayor and her alderman. You have to be a good neighbor. You have to be a good neighbor. Otherwise, I'm going to be up your butt every day. It's a good episode. Uh, I forgot Tom Tunney. <laughs> Tom Tunney, ladies and gentlemen, chair of the zoning committee, all-powerful zoning committee in the city of Chicago. All right, moving on. And what do you know? Damn near three years after it happened, a Smollett Gate update. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brother. <laughs> the Jesse's, the, Ju- the Jesse Smollett trial began this week. You remember that guy, right? The dude who faked his own hate crime? That was really weird, wasn't it? (laughs) So here's the latest on that. And for that, of all places, we go to the New York Post. Jussie Smollett's attorneys asked for a mistrial Thursday after the judge called their evidence irrelevant in front of the jury and physically lunged at one of the actor's lawyers. This came in the midst of the defense's cross-examination of... W-B-E-Z, close your ears. I don't want you hearing this, all right? My resume's in that big stack of papers over there. Close your ears. Alabinjo Asundero, who claims he was paid to help Smollett stage the hate crime, as attorney Tamara Walker grilled him about his alleged homophobia and past derogatory remarks toward suspected gay men. Osundero, 30 years old, had just acknowledged he used the word Fruity asked to refer to a man he suspected was gay, and Walker asked if Smollett, who was openly gay, knew he'd said such things in the past. Judge James Lynn called the line of questioning collateral in front of the jury, indicating it didn't have any relevance to the crime Smollett's on trial for because it was from a past event, prompting Walker to ask for a sidebar. Ben, are you feeling this uh, Smollett trial? You've been watching this? I've not been watching it. I've been reading about it. Uh, the updates in uh, both papers. Let's see if it's on the it's on the front page of the Sun Times, uh, and it's on the front page of the Tribune as well. Ladies and gentlemen, don't kid yourself. Don't act like you're above it. You're infatuated with celebrity. You are. You have always been. 
Uh, and uh, this is an easy trial for people to take a bold stand on, which is why Mayor Rahm, Mayor Rahm, who, by the way, could not take a stand on the Kwame McDonald shooting because of the ongoing investigation, was was a left office opining like mad about uh, Smollett Gate. It's an easy case to take a stand on. You can make yourself feel really good denouncing Justice Smollett uh, without offending anyone. So I'm really struggling. And, and by the way, the reason why the um, uh, the New York Post uh, ha- had a story about it, because it has that additional element of MAGA outrage. New York Post is a far right wing uh, MAGA newspaper in New York City. Uh, and MAGA's outraged because uh, Jesse Smollett made this clearly, well, sure, looks like a phony accusation. So that, in a sense, undercuts all, any other accusation of racial bias that may have ever existed. Well, Jesse Smollett made it up. They must be all making it up. And so that's kind of where the uh, New York Post is coming from. And they're rolling their uh, eyes at uh, Justice Millett's lawyer, who's calling for a mistrial. And you know, D, I got to tell you, I, it, I'm, I got to bring Jim Coogan on to uh, break it down. Uh, Ace Attorney Jim Coogan, our um, in-house trial expert, he's a professional lawyer, goes before juries all the time. So, like, I'm really trying to understand what the tactics and the strategy of Justice Millett's lawyers are. On that on that level, I have to admit, I'm always fascinated but with uh, legal strategies in courtroom. I'm in the courtroom dramas and TV shows, et cetera. But I don't understand. I mean, here's the deal. Everybody says that there was a quote unquote, I have an attack. Right. I mean, everybody agrees that there was a I have it in quotes. D, that's air quotes attack. Uh, Justice Millett is saying that the attack was real. And uh, the prosecutors are saying that he manufactured the attack uh, using his friends, uh, these two brothers, uh, to uh, beat him up. So I'm just trying to understand like, what Justice Smollett's ultimate defense will be. Is he saying that the two brothers beat him up and he didn't know it was those two brothers, that the two brothers uh, faked the uh, attack on him? I'm really wondering where they're going uh, with this. Interesting trial uh, strategy, but they're calling for a mistrial, which is t- taken straight out of the um, the playbook of uh, the lawyer in Georgia. I don't know if you remember that one, D. We talked a lot about that. Uh, the McMichael trial for uh, uh, killing Ahmad Arbery, uh, where their lawyer was always asking for a mistrial <laughs> for some reason or another. In fact, I think there were some client calls for mistrials in the Rittenhouse case as well. Always call for a mistrial. So could you imagine if they get a mistrial? We have to go through this again? Smollett Gate will be going on for the next 10 years. Good Lord. Let's try them one more time. <laughs> anyway, Smollett Gate. It's uh, an interesting diversion for Chicago to pretend as though, you know, we have justice, criminal justice, and efficient uh, detective work here in the city by just taking this one trial. 3,000 police hours spent. Proving what we proving much, which D you said from the get go, you said there was no way this is, I'm paraphrasing young Dennis. When, when that story broke, that story broke D I think it broke in the period where we were not on air. Yeah. Yeah. We were, it was that little gap there between, you know, when we were on radio and when, you know, that little gap between before we got on the podcast. Yes. And you said, I, and I recall where we were, I believe we were in a hot dog place. Mm-hmm. on uh, Montrose 
and you were uh, eating a hot dog. And you were saying, the guy said he went to a subway at two in the morning? No way. And I go, yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine Justice Millett ever going to subway, period, but two in the morning. And he had the sandwich. And right. And there was like maggot. Someone was wearing a MAGA hat. Like it's like 20 below. Why aren't you wearing a beanie? Yeah. No. So it was pretty obviously uh, fraudulent. And uh, we'll be, uh, it'll be a prosecuted now if there's a mistrial yeah, we look forward to another one has this whole thing at all have you wanted to watch the empire show at all no oh damn i never watched empire ever so um but one time i think i may have told you this i was on the empire set it's true you're kidding i was giving a no. tour of the no the studio way on the uh, west side where uh, empire was filmed and uh, i was giving a tour and i sat down at the table uh, like the dining dining room table with the family. Did you ever watch Empire? Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, so Terrence Howard would sit at the chair at the head of the table because he was the lead. That's a, pretty much everything I know about Empire. And so I sat in his chair and somebody took a picture of me and I sent it to all my, uh, my kids and their millennialistic friends who I know would know what it was. And they were like, whoa, you're in the set of Empire. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're like, yeah, I am. You're like, yeah, I guess I am. Sure. I'm somebody. I'm like the mayor who goes to Washington. I'm somebody. All right. And finally, we are going to end it out here with a story from the Chicago Sun-Times and one John Seidel. Uh, it says here, a Chicago activist who allegedly declared, quote, we are patriots amid the January 6th U.S. Capitol breach is the latest Illinois resident charged in connection with the riot that led to what prosecutors have described as likely the largest criminal investigation in U.S. history. Larry Ligas. Legus. Is it Ligus or Legus? You know the guy. I think it's Legus. All right. Larry Legus. Oh, yeah. More on Ben knowing the guy in moments. Larry Legus, 62, was arrested in Chicago Wednesday morning. He is charged with entering and remaining in a uh, a restricted, I've got map redistricting on the brain, uh, in a restricted rebuilding or uh, in a restricted building or grounds, disorderly and disruptive conduct in a restricted building or grounds, disorderly conduct in a Capitol building, and parading, demonstrating, or picketing in a Capitol building. The charges are misdemeanors. Ben, I know you wanted to talk about this one. Yeah, Larry Legas. Uh, I interviewed him back in the 90s. God, I've been around for a long time. Uh, and Larry Legas, I mean, you call him an activist. I guess, I guess, a, I don't know. He was uh, connected, very politically connected on the northwest side of Chicago. Uh, he was, I remember he was uh, part of an aldermanic campaign, Bill McCollum's campaign, uh, and uh, had sort of a, uh, an alliance of sorts with Richard Mell. Uh, and he was really already uh, pretty much to the right, putting it mildly. Uh, and uh, he was the guy who uh, fed information to the side. Anyway, I wrote a story about uh, him feeding information, bragging about it to uh, sometimes uh, your favorite columnist, Sneed, uh, regarding a radical behavior at Clemente High School. Uh, money being spent by radicals and reds. And it was like really red baiting. It was intended to really undercut Louis Gutierrez. This was at a time in the 1990s, folks, when there's just like this core of Louis haters. Louis Gutierrez was the congressman, and there were some people who just hated Louis Gutierrez. Uh, were looking for any opportunity, any way they could, uh, to embarrass and humiliate him, uh, to try to turn the voters against him. And it didn't work. The guy's Say what you will about him. He's a very uh, nimble politician, stayed on his feet, beat all comers and retired. And, uh, 
Nobody beat him and defeated him. But uh, so Ligas was really attacking him from the right and uh, got the Sun-Times uh, to bite on this story. So I wrote, I wrote this article. I completely forgot about the guy. And then out of nowhere, uh, news breaks that he uh, has, what, been indicted uh, for being part of the insurrection mob at the Capitol on January 6th. And I got like three or four people sending me email. Did you know you wrote about this guy? Like, we're friends. <laughs> What do you have to say about this, Ben? I just wrote about the guy in nineteen. Are your dinner plans canceled now that you had? Next ben, week? Were you at the Capitol? Huh? You know, no, I, I haven't seen him in years, I swear. Yeah, right. <laughs> I got him. I swear to God, about four. Uh, ben, did you see this? Ben, did you see? Because if you Googled his name, my article popped up. Apparently not a lot of people have written about him. But he was out there deep back then, you know? I mean, I could not have imagined back in 1997 that we'd have a MAGA movement dedicated to uh, the re-election of Donald John Trump. D, I could not have imagined that in a million years. I didn't even think of Donald Trump as like this right winger. Back then he was kind of like, I don't know, what was Donald Trump? It's a party animal. I mean, this notion that Donald Trump would be leading the Republican Party uh, to try to outlaw abortion in the United States, it's just so mind-boggling to me. Because Donald Trump was a party animal who bragged about betting down all these different women. And you know, D, as well as I do, he probably had some of his uh, girlfriends had abortions. I mean, it just seems so likely. So the notion that Donald Trump would be leading the MAGA movement was just the notion that we would have a MAGA movement. So, so I just couldn't have imagined it in 1997. No collusion. But uh, can, uh, so having said all that, I'm not surprised that Larry Legas, uh, this guy that I uh, interviewed back in 1997, would find a home in MAGA. So there you are, everybody. That's our show. Remember, you can download previous Ben Jarofsky shows, Benny J bonus interviews, and so much more, chicagoreader.com or wherever else you download podcasts. Ben, what do we have on the lineup for this weekend for our bonus interviews? We're all over. I mean, we really cover the the waterfront, as they say. I'm really proud of this. Uh, David Ferris, excellent interview. It talks about the politics of abortion in this country. And we yeah, we take quite a, oh man, not we were not nice to Bill Clinton uh, and uh, the um, centrist wing of the Democratic Party. We talk about uh, the Clinton impact on Democrats. Uh, and then uh, completely something totally different. I brought on um, an actor and director, uh, William Brown, Bill Brown, uh, to talk about the legacy of the great uh, Broadway lyricist, composer, Stephen Sondheim. I kind of keep this secret from everybody. I'm a big Broadway musical fan. Uh, Stephen Sondheim died last week and I'm really proud of this one show. Uh, it was a lot of fun talking to William Brown about that. And then Matt Topic, this is the show we'll air tomorrow, and he is the premier FOIA lawyer in the city. He's the guy you go to to try to get the city to turn over documents, and we take the deep dive on um, why, why Mayor Rahm uh, and Laquan McDonald and what it took to get uh, that tape of the, the shooting released uh, and uh, what secrets are buried uh, in the files of City Hall that they don't want us to see. So that's a, that's a pretty good interview. Matt Topic, uh, FOIA lawyer, uh, is tomorrow. So lots of different topics and uh, will be, have been discussed. And once you've listened to all the Benny J bonus interviews this weekend, check out the latest column from Ben Jarofsky in Chicago Reader. What's your latest column all about, Ben? 
Oh, speaking of which, Bill Clinton. And uh, had a lot of fun with that, uh, essentially saying that all centrist Democrats are kind of culpable, kind of culpable, because they stood by Bill Clinton uh, and now are trying to pretend like they didn't stand by Bill Clinton. And, uh, and you know, who was it? That, oh, uh, Ken, uh, Ken Beal was on the show and and he's a, the uh, head of the Repo- the Democratic Party in DuPage County. And he was teasing me. He goes, well, Ben, I was in, what grade was he in when Clinton was elected? I think he was like in third grade or something like that. So millennials don't really get it, I suppose. Uh, and Z's definitely don't get it. You know, the obsession that uh, older people have with the Clintons. Uh, so maybe that will phase out the Democratic Party's love for, for Bill Clinton will phase out. It can't phase out fast enough as far as I'm concerned. That's for certain. So check out that column from Ben Jarofsky. And hey, also check out that one he had with Larry Legas. Is that on the reader? Go check it out. I don't know. Chicagoreader.com. Send us an email, BennyJShow at gmail.com. Uh, find us online at Benny J Show, B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J Show. And you can call this program. It's true. 708-658-4788. The number again, 708-658-4788. We would love to hear from you. Uh, very good. Uh, I want to uh, thank our guest, our Mr. Gets, Patrick J. Whalen. Somehow or other, we pulled that off. Seems like another uh, century ago. And Nick Spazzato. Uh, and Nick in, in quotes, Nick Spazzato. Uh, and uh, as uh, Patrick uh, J. Whalen uh, and Nick Spazzato said, we also thank the man, the myth, the legend, the pride of joy of Alton, Illinois. And back home in Alton, Illinois. They call him DeMarvelous Dennis. Give yourself a raise. Take it out of Penny. He likes that nickname. Take it out of Penny Cash. Have a great weekend, everybody. You have to be a good neighbor. You have to be a good neighbor. Otherwise, I'm going to be up your butt every day. No collusion. I want an answer. I want an answer. Yes. 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 J.B. Briscoe!